0: you ever get the feeling that everything in america is
1: completely fucked up you know that feeling that the whole country is like one inch away from saying that's it forget it
0: yeah when windmills are giving us cancer i guess it's time to give up i'm robert i'm sarah and this is pump up the minute we're here today to talk about minutes 81 through 84 of pump up the volume which begin with Cresswood still on the phone with Brian as Murdoch leads Nora, Janie, Holden, Donald, and Doug, possibly Gordon, uh, into the office. Cresswood says, you're not coming over here. It would only upset me more. Goodbye. And she hangs up the phone and says to the students, well, shall we have a look at these files or shall we discuss the identity of our DJ friend? Uh, we get a reverse shot and uh, Janie rubs her eye with her middle finger. Nora just kind of looks away. And we cut to a a table in the alcove, and we have, among others, Chip and Joey listening to Hard Harry show for Minute 47, edited to play a little faster, with him saying, no more Mr. Nice Guy, oh God, and kick out the jam starting up. And we get a close shot of Murdoch, he hears this, and then he rushes over and turns off the radio, kind of a little violently, setting up what's to come. And the students separate in a circle around him. And he says, don't push me, people. You understand that, huh? We change the angle. Joey's walking away, but Chip comes up right behind Murdoch and, like, yells. So Murdoch spins around. Someone else yells, but not someone on in the screen. Uh, The black kid, who might be named Matt, and some girl, and Joey all lean in behind Murdoch. Murdoch spins around. Someone else yells. The black kid whistles like, you know, nothing's happening. In the script, it says that someone, I think it's Matt, is singing... The anthem song that Harry played the other night. So they're like actively going after Murdoch here. But we cut to a new angle. Cheryl walks up. I don't know why she's giving the paper to Murdoch. She should go to the office. But gives the paper to Murdoch and announces to everybody. She puts her hands up that they got forced to take me back. And people cheer. Because, you know, the school actually knows what's going on. Because people are listening to Harry's show. And that's when Maz walks up with a cardboard sign. And Murdoch immediately puts his hands on him to hold him back, says, where are you going? Matt says, yo, I'm putting this up. Now, in the script, he says some really stupidly childish insults about Murdoch and how he would have been Murdoch's dad, but a dog beat him to it, and Murdoch doesn't get the joke. And Chip turns on music to make it even worse. He turns on Marvelette's Don't Mess With Bill.
1: Not sure why he chose this particular song that...
0: (laughs) It's very specific. It's in the script.
1: Yeah, it's an R&B soul song that was performed by the Marvelettes in 1966, but written by Smokey Robinson. Hmm. And it peaked at number seven on the Billboard chart and was the last single that the Marvelettes ever recorded that charted. And the lyrics are a bit disturbing and not at all indicative of a healthy relationship. (laughs) So... (laughs) says now I know he's the guy who put tears in my eyes a thousand times or more. Oh but every time he'd apologize, I loved him more than before. One of those things that pretty common type of lyrics in the nineteen sixties mm-hmm. but doesn't really land as well about Yeah <laughs> just loving a guy more every time he hurts you. Um in twenty twenty I liked this song because I just liked all the oldie songs with the name Bill in it since Bill is my high school boyfriend pretty much for the whole duration of high school and my mom hated my high school boyfriend so she would always try to change the oldie station whenever this song <laughs> came on because otherwise I would just like sing it really loud in a little like teenage immature rebellion kind of way just to piss her off but yeah. <laughs>
0: I, I guess it kind of, it'll fit in a second with Murdoch and Maz in a way, cause uh, one of M- Maz's weird lines is that he says, I'm a big fan of yours. <laughs> Murdoch. <laughs> uh, Murdoch says, you're not putting anything, get off the campus. Maz says, yeah, put it on my desk, I'll get to you later. <laughs> Murdoch says, you're not supposed to be here, and he grabs Maz his, by his vest. Maz says, hey, 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 what's the matter, Murdoch? You're getting so tense. And Ma- Murdoch lets go. And then Mur- uh, Murdoch says, get out of here, you're not supposed to be here, and he grabs him again. And Maz says, what do you want? A slamming contest, you know? I'm a big fan of yours.
1: <laughs> and we haven't mentioned yet, but the sign that Mouse has... Well, this is when just, it falls down and we see it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it says... That I he got has a right the right to, a, to an edu- to a, education. Uh, education. Yeah. Yes. And he does. Uh-huh. But then it escalates and... <laughs>
0: yeah. Because then Murdoch says, get off the school. He gets interrupted as Maz says, can I get an autograph? And that's when Murdoch punches Maz the first time.
1: And after this first punch, just seeing an administrator punch a student, I realized that's full-fledged assault, but got me thinking about corporal punishment Mm -hmm. in schools and teachers or administrators just putting their hands on students in the first place. And I learned that a student is struck every 30 seconds in schools across the United States that it's legal in all private schools and legal in 18 states in public schools however that's you know good old usa because the practice is banned in 128 countries around the world (laughs) and and in every western country except for the united states so that's not too surprising um that our views on violence are so incredibly backward but also, not surprisingly, black students are discriminated against in terms of who receives corporal punishment in um, integrated schools. And so you had some of your own experience with... Oh, that.
0: yeah, because I went to private school. One, by the time I was in high school, they actually got rid of corporal punishment. But elementary, yeah, I got a lot of swats with a wooden paddle.
1: Wait, you? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say, I don't think anyone deserves um, to be, be SWAT, but-
0: talking at a turning class, taunting people, throwing things. The best one.
1: Second. Why were you taunting people? Were you a little bully?
0: No, it, oh. it was a very small school. You had to, you, everyone had to take up some of the taunting. Oh. But the best was in second grade when I got in trouble for erasing.
1: Yeah. Erasing?
0: Yes. What? Uh, a mistake in my work. We weren't allowed to erase our own stuff.
1: That's pretty wild. Yeah. yeah. You were supposed to take it up to the teacher,
0: and then she would um, erase it for you, and so she could basically track every time you made a mistake.
1: Yeah. We wouldn't want anyone to learn from and correct their own mistakes. Only authority figures can do that.
0: Make it take longer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, not just taking longer. It's about the (laughs) process of being able to recognize within oneself when you do something wrong and then learn and be able to deal with it rather than have to go somewhere else, which I guess is pretty religious, you know. In Catholicism, if you do something wrong, you have to go tell a priest about it rather than just...
0: (laughs) Now, in high school, once corporal Punishment wasn't in the school anymore, we did have a teacher who threw a kid up against the wall once, though, and didn't get in any trouble for it.
1: Yeah, and in a school like that, that's a small private school, either... I don't know that kid, obviously, but the kid's parents will probably be in agreement with the authoritarian teacher who did that or even if they disagreed would probably not want to as this film has said and will again later this episode rock the boat and yeah. cause any trouble because they know they wouldn't have had the support of the mm-hmm. community in speaking out against it um, i went to catholic school for nine years and while our parents general well, this was in the 80s mostly and while our parents generation talked a lot about getting hit by nuns with rulers in catholic school Even in my pretty authoritarian school, we weren't getting hit anymore. Like, I don't recall ever seeing a student getting hit in my school. Um, The worst thing that I saw happen was a nun call one of my classmates a jackass. It really (laughs) pissed me off. (laughs) But no hitting was, was happening. So it actually surprised me that 18 states still allowed corporal punishment in public schools. Yeah. So anyway, back to Maz getting hit, getting punched rather by Murdoch.
0: Yeah, I mean, we switched to a new angle as Murdoch actually then pushes Maz onto the table, which um, the kid playing Chip has a really nice move where he slides the radio out of the way as they do this. Like, they practice this move. It's very smooth. In the script, we've been told that Deaver and Stern are also wandering around keeping an eye on people just like Murdoch is. So that Deaver shows up suddenly is fine. He's supposed to be nearby. We just didn't get a shot at it. But we get Deaver and Joey and Matt trying to pull Murdoch off. Then Murdoch gets loose from them. And I didn't notice this until slowing it down to this segment, like one a few minutes at a time. Murdoch goes right back over and punches Maz in the stomach. So he hits him again. And that's when Emerson shows up. And uh, Deaver grabs Murdoch. Emerson gets between Murdoch and Maz and says, stop, that's enough. What's wrong with you? And this was when Cresswood walks up. She said he was beating a student. What's wrong with this school? And Cresswood tells Emerson to control herself. And Emerson says, "I will not. I want an answer." And Cresswood says, "Or suffer the consequences." Emerson says, "What are you talking about?" And Cresswood says, "I'm talking about your dismissal."
1: So yeah, she stands up for a kid getting brutalized, repeatedly punched, and gets fired for it.
0: Mhm. Now, in the script, uh, Keith, Brian, walks up at this moment, because he's come to this... Somehow he got to this... Well, I guess it could have been time since the phone call. Scene-wise, it's, like, right after. But he says, that's enough. And he grabs Emerson, and he is holding Maz's sign in his hands. And to Crestwood, he says, I'm calling a meeting of your school board. And that's when we cut to Mark on the stairs. Or actually in the art room in the script, looking for Nora. And Mark... Is seems to just be walking around, and then he stops, and we see that he is looking for Nora. He sees the FCC trucks out in the field. Then he shows up at Nora's locker, where she is, you know, packing things up, it looks like. In her locker, she has a Centurion logo, because, you know, those are all over the school. And she has a flyer for band or a singer? I don't know. There's very little information about this, a thing called Larry's hairdo.
1: And for Larry's hairdo... It's kind of weird she has this centurions thing. She doesn't really seem to be much into, like, school spirit or belonging. Maybe they forced everyone to put one
0: of those in their locker.
1: Yeah, maybe. Forced school spirit is the best school spirit.
0: Larry's hairdo was apparently a guy named Larry from North Hollywood? Hollywood?
1: Yeah, Hollywood.
0: Uh, The only record I could find on the internet of him ever even performing was opening for ministry in, I think it was November of 1988. He had an album called Dangerous Sex, which may have included a song called Sound of Silence.
1: Yeah, it seems like those go together. I've seen... I think
0: that was the B-side. Uh, it may have yeah. just been a single.
1: Yeah, I think it was and that Sounds of Silence. And
0: that fun. might be all he ever produced is Larry's hairdo. I wish I could have found a last name for him. Maybe he put out albums under a different band or something else. But these songs are not on the internet.
1: Eh. And
0: so I don't know what he sounds like.
1: Yeah, but we can purchase it Norris on Amazon. It. If yeah, you there's an LP available yeah. on
0: Amazon. <laughs> So if you want to buy it and tell us what it's like, you do that. And if
1: anybody who's listening actually happened to see ministry in concert in 1980 <laughs> you remember who Larry here you do please let us know.
0: Mark tells Nora, I've been looking all over for you. I just wanted to apologize for saying you were nuts.
1: And she's not the first girl to be called crazy for having <laughs> opinions or being passionate about issues. True. Yes. <laughs> uh,
0: there's cheerleaders. Okay. I will note, in this segment, there are cheerleaders in the background every time they show students. The school has too many cheerleaders. Or, you know, they just had an extra that had a cheerleader outfit. But there's cheerleaders practicing in the background during this conversation. Which is funny, because Nora is upset and says, forget it. And she says, look, FCC, you know what that means? And she turns around to face Mark, and he says, yeah, it means Federal Communications Commission. (laughs) Which is a funny response. He does say say more, but I love that. Because it's it's, it's, such... They can drive around and triangulate wherever the hell a radio signal is coming from. I know exactly what it means. And that's when Nora says, yeah, so fuck it, right? I mean, it's over. Frankly, I don't even give a shit anymore. And she goes back to paying attention to her locker, and Mark says, what the hell is wrong? I just got expelled. What the hell are you talking about? I'm failing maths. And he says, they can't kick you out for that. And She says, I've been cutting classes, and I'm way over the limit. They didn't tell me till now. He says, so that just deserves a suspension, right? Well, then I said, fuck you to Crestwood. You should have seen her face. She was so happy. She said, thank you. And Mark says, this school sucks. Jesus Christ. And Nora slams her locker shut says, this is why I don't even care anymore.
1: And she walks away. Yeah. And clearly she does care. This seems to be the first time that she's actually really concerned about something bad happening to her, which is understandable. Mm -hmm. But we have the authoritarians winning here. The best teacher fired. We have. More kids kicked out of school, we have kids getting punched in the stomach, well one kid getting punched in the stomach at least, and...
0: But it's okay hmm. because Brian's on the scene. He's gonna <laughs> make things better. Immediately. And the movie's over. Hmm. Except it's not, it's still got yeah. 20 minutes left. And
1: it can be really frustrating when it feels like the authoritarians are winning because then you end up watching them in power and in debates last night and (laughs) lie for two hours straight, but as long as they don't puke all over themselves, then that's considered acting presidential, according to the New York Times and every other outlet this morning who just want to normalize authoritarianism, even after four years leading to hundreds of thousands of deaths, millions unemployed, the Greatest number of hate crimes, biggest amount of polarization we've had, and essentially everything going to hell. So what do we do when the but that's okay because winning? there's
0: a beautiful health care plan just waiting out there for five years now.
1: Someday we're going to get it. Yeah. Someday.
0: They just have to defeat Obamacare all the way first. <laughs> Make sure a few more million people die. die. And Mark grabs her arm, says, wait up. And she says, no, just leave it alone. There's nothing you can do about it. She leaves the shot. Mark chases after her. Uh, there's some dude man spreading on the wall back behind them. He seems upset, so I guess sit however you want. <laughs> he probably just got kicked out too. And then we get a new location, which is a weird uh, exit gate by some concrete walls. Nora exits. Mark comes into view chasing after her, but Emerson yells, Hunter. And he stops. And Emerson show, catches up to him says, Hunter, wait a minute. I just wanted to say goodbye and good luck. Mark says, why? Emerson says, I was fired. I made a mistake. I thought I could change things. I forgot you don't rock the boat. And Mark says, yeah, especially when you're in it.
1: Ty back to what his father says mm-hmm. earlier.
0: <laughs> and then Emerson says, Hey, come on, chin up. And Mark walks away and we cut to the conference room. Uh, Brian at one end of the table with an owl statue behind him, which is nice placement. And Brian says, Loretta, what in hell is happening here? And Cresswood says, it's the troublemakers. You can't run a top school with troublemakers in the mix. And we get a wide shot of the crowd and it's Deaver and Murdoch, who we know, and like three other teachers we haven't seen. So I don't know how they decide who gets to go to the meetings. And Cresswood and Brian at opposite ends of the table. There's a nice bionic flyer on the wall, which is very colorful. So believe it or not, I care. Um, hotline. And Brian says, okay, so what exactly is a troublemaker? And Crestwood defines it as someone who has no interest in education. Uh, Brian says, oh, come on, that includes every teenager I know. And he gets up from his chair and starts walking around past some nice Pueblo painting artwork on the wall. And Crestwood says, can't you understand that nothing is more important than a good education? And Brian responds, "Except the basic right to it.
1: Yeah, because clearly... Crestwood couldn't care less, and she fired a great teacher or expelled students who need an education. She only cares about herself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's a little bit of the trope here of, like, the older, ball-busting woman who isn't really... She's never really humanized at all in the film. It's no. We don't really get any... Or we're not shown any reason to empathize with her. Not that she's not horrible, but notice in a lot of films, they'll at least give you some glimpse or insight into why a character is that way. Or yeah, just I've, something I've only
0: been glancing like at the musical <laughs> script as we go along. But one of the things I have noticed is there's a lot more of Brian and Cresswood. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a cop in the thing. He's not the the commissioner, school commissioner. But the two of them have a lot of conversations and a lot of interaction, and I think that probably means there's more depth to her character, and they're trying to give some, yeah, you know, humanizing her a little more. Yeah. No, I mean, it's useful in a movie to have a villain that isn't that way, because this is the movie from the teenage perspective, and they're not going to want to know that she has... You know, good reasons for thinking the way she thinks. Yeah.
1: And I mean, I don't think she has good reasons for thinking the way she thinks, but I think a woman in a high administrative position would feel pressure from outsiders mm, yeah. to succeed more at her job and be told like, hey, this is the results we want from the school and you get them. And nobody's really going to care about how she gets them as long as she gets them. So anyway, obviously I don't really like her and what she's doing is wrong (laughs) but there's likely something behind yeah
0: (laughs) now just like maz's sign earlier and what brian says yes the world generally considers that you have a right to education article 26 of the universal declaration of human rights says that everyone has the right to education education shall be free at least in the elementary and fundamental stages elementary education shall be compulsory technical and professional education shall be made generally available, and higher education shall be equally accessible to all on the basis of merit. Education shall be directed to the full development, full development of the human personality and to the strengthening of respect for human rights and fundamental freedoms. It shall promote understanding, tolerance, and friendship among all nations, racial or religious groups, unless, of course, Trump does an executive order that tries to keep you from mentioning those things, and shall further the activities—that last text wasn't in the Declaration, <laughs> in case that wasn't obvious—and yeah. shall further the activities of the United Nations for the maintenance of peace. Parents have a prior right to choose the kind of education that shall be given to their children. In our country, we just like that number three about the right.
1: parents. Yeah.
0: School choice and the platinum plan and all that bullshit. Uh, Cresswood stands up now also and says, the point is, I have the highest average SAT scores in the state. And Brian says, yeah, but how? And Crestwood says, I stand by my record. And that's when we cut to Emerson entering the administration building. We can see the Hubert H. Humphrey High School 10 regulations poster that's signed by Crestwood, but it's frickin' blurry, so I still can't read it. I really want to know what it says. They made this awesome prop that is in multiple locations, but he can't read it. Uh, in the background, some student calls someone else a walrus, and someone has someone's biopaper, We cut to inside as Emerson enters Crestwood's office where we heard earlier all the files have been moved.
1: And it's funny thinking about SAT scores because all it took was one year of the coronavirus pandemic to essentially render SATs and GRE scores useless as most schools Hmm. aren't even requiring them anymore for transfers to college or (laughs) transfers To grad school and maybe I'm just a little bit better because I didn't really do that well on mine. (laughs) Despite (laughs) supposedly being smart, I only got like an 1100 on the SAT, which wasn't bad. It was in like the 75th percentile, but it's considered underperforming for me. It wasn't particularly great. I took it again, got the exact same score. So I guess the SAT and I just don't get along, but somehow despite only getting an 1100 on the SAT managed to got a 4.0 all the way through college and grad school. So, I don't really see much of a link between them, but <laughs> maybe you have a different view cuz you scored much higher on your <laughs> eh,
0: tests tests are silly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say speaking of tests, but I don't think I've covered any movies about tests. I did write about this movie and about Summer School and about Stand and Deliver and, you know, some movies that deal with tests. In my blog, if you're tired of hearing my voice but you like what I have to say, you can go look at uh, groundhogdayproject.com and see 1,360, no, not 1,365 entries anymore. I finished out the fourth year. I don't remember the number for the last one. Four years worth of entries of uh over a 1,000 words on average about movies. The first year being about Groundhog Day and then lots of other films.
1: And if you want to hear more music, commentary, and more stories of my life, like how badly I sucked at the SAT, you can listen <laughs> to Life as a Playlist and follow Life as a Playlist on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Speak out! They can't stop you!
0: Find your voice and use it! Keep this thing going! Pick a name, go on the air! It's your life! Take charge of it! Do it! Try it! Try anything! guts out. Say shit and fuck a million times if you want to. But like you decide. Just fill the air. Steal it. Keep the air alive. Follow Pump Up the Minute on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or check LemonDrops.com for links. Talk hard! Never But I know that's how it goes.